0: Everybody. Come on, welcome back welcome to back. my presence. Welcome back. I don't know. I went. I did. I was doing a song, and then I made up my own song. Really proud of you. It's a new song. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, welcome to the Mountain Podcast.
1: <laughs> I didn't get the words.
0: Yeah, it's all right, man. I didn't get them either. <laughs> Uh, We're glad you're here. We're off to a rocky start, but we're going to find our traction here in we're a second. Not. No, no, no. Tim yeah. and I are on a good start. Sam and Tim are good. I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking about my children right now. Yeah. Okay. And, and the burden I have tonight being a single dad. You got to um, have your priorities straight, man. I do. <laughs> I realize as I'm thinking about this, how much my wife actually does. Uh, for context, my wife had gallbladder surgery today yeah. and she can't do, I don't know, anything after this. Yeah. And I have to do everything that she was doing, which was pretty much everything in the house. You realize yeah. you were pretty much useless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. The whole new world's about to open up for you. It the is. The whole
0: new So world. I'm, I'm a little like, okay, I'm like in my mind, I'm like driving here and I'm like, okay, I could do like this and then try that to get him to bed. And then do I put this kid to bed first and then do with the feedings here. And then, the, cause usually. And then time.
2: you landed on Benadryl or Motrin or Benadryl or a melatonin, right? I wasn't oh, going to bring that up, <laughs>
0: it'll be melatonin. It'll be Cameron. will take his melatonin gummy for the night. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's vitamin. Wow. Anyway, That's welcome awesome. <laughs> guys. We're glad you're here with me as always is Sam lead master. Lead pastor of the mountain church. And then we have our good friend returning guest of the show. Wonderful man, Tim Rowland. Hi, buddy. Hello. Good Thanks to have really you bad. here.
2: Wonderful man.
0: Well, we're doing another podcast. This is our third one. We're 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 trekking along really, really well. You sighed, and then you
2: said, "trekking." Those are not like terms of optimism and overcoming. <laughs> These are like, ah, well, I'm just trekking along. You know, <laughs> we could tell the gallbladder white right, situation <laughs> is really crushing you right now. <laughs>
0: All oh, right, man. We are excited to be back here. Oh man, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We are so happy. I mean, I guys, I am fired up right now to be fired back up here on the far good when you're feathering it, brother. Um anyway. <laughs> so well, that's so good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Anyway, but we have our friend Tim here. Uh we've had really good talks these last few talks. We talked to Dr. Lim about <clears throat> taboos in church. Steve Beeson, we've talked about uh, relationships and having good fatherly relationships and how we disciple people well, especially during these times. Yeah. But I asked him to come on today and I asked him to be here a couple of weeks ago because I wanted to talk about how do you manage your heart in mm. turmoil? Yeah. And how, what does that look like? What's Is there a roadmap to managing your heart in all these ways? Because I think. You know, I see the way the world is now, and there's a lot of people that are losing their jobs, um, losing their sanity, mm-hmm. losing loved ones, and I, you know, I think that does something to the heart. I yeah. mean, I think it's obvious that it does something to people's hearts and minds, but specifically to the heart, like what is it doing to like people who need hope, people who need joy, or things that they need restored. So, I brought Tim on to talk about these things because he is the master of the heart. The master. He's the
1: master, He's Boy, the master of gross. the heart. He
0: has a, a, a would, it, would program be a, an apt way to describe ministry. that? Ministry. Yeah. Ministry. is a ministry called yeah. Heart Freedom. We are in ministry.
2: That, we say ministry,
0: right. Donovan, not program. We
2: don't run programs. I
1: have a product. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So he's a ministry called Heart Freedom. <laughs> I thought you were going to say program. Uh, that him he <laughs> got a wonderful nah, program he runs. <laughs> uh, he is...
0: No. Nah. Okay, so him and his wife do Heart Freedom, and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know, we've talked about, you know, yeah. some of the practices of Heart Freedom and going through that uh, on the show before with you, and I just want to, you know, say, first of all, how have you been dealing during this time?
1: Um, I've been taking a lot of naps and eating a lot of snacks. (laughs) Naps and snacks, snacks and (laughs) snacks. That's awesome. Uh, We've done some work over zoom, but most of it, we've been shut down for two and a half months. So I don't get out much. So thanks for having me. I I leave the house. You have a grandbaby. I do. Yeah. That's a big one. And you know what? She's starting to make eye contact now. For a while it was just looking at objects on the wall. She'd look past you, but now she's actually like interacting and it's starting to get real fun. And what's her name? It's amazing. Her name is Fifi. More Fifi. Her full name is Serafina. Oh Fifi. But we call her Fifi. Fifi. Or
0: Feef. Hey, hello, little Fifi.
1: Hello, little Fifi. That's the sweetest name ever. It is very mm-hmm. sweet. Little. Now, I'm a little nervous about that because when our kids were small, they would hit two months and for the next four months, I'd be telling people, yeah, they're two months because I remember they hit two months. Yeah. Like I wasn't keeping up. Yep. So now being, you know, grandfather removed, I'm not with her all the time. Yeah. Right. I'm really worried. I'm going to be telling people like, yeah, she's four months and she's like two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, there's a milestone there somewhere. I
0: don't know. How old do you think she looks? <laughs> I don't know. Three. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah you, tell me. yeah. you tell me, man. I just look at them, smile and give them back to their parents when I'm done with them.
1: And I just think it's weird once you pass a year to keep using months. Yeah. Always 13. Compete. This seems like too much math. Way too much. That's like way over my head. I, yeah.
0: we, I've had this discussion before when people are like, how many weeks? Uh, One month. Yeah.
2: I uh, about, so I'm on my fourth kid now, so I just say the phrase about before all of their ages. Yeah. <laughs> about six months for Monroe,
0: and she's like eight.
1: Yeah, moving along. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's about. I like to say what physically they're doing. He's walking now. Oh, yeah, there that's go. a good marker.
1: That's a good diversion. Yeah.
0: He eats solid food now. Presley, my third oldest, she uh,
2: she actually walked at 11 months.
0: Yeah, you guys got started quick on, with everything. Wrestling on everything, walking which is wise. and potty
2: training. That's great. At like eleven months, we start putting them on a toilet just so that they get comfortable yeah. with the idea. No, that's great.
0: Yeah, and uh, this is
1: where you strap them down until they actually go, and then they know. Yeah, and I you're like, Yay! if I do
0: it." Exactly. Yeah. He does a great yeah. job. I have to applaud it because my three-year-old, Cameron, he he is in the potty training phase, but he gets the concept of going number one. And telling us, hey, Daddy, I gotta go pee-pee. Uh-huh. And he goes pee-pee, but not number two yet. So he's got these like <laughs> man-sized, <laughs> these like real man-sized dumps that happen. And I'm like, "This, we gotta fix this because this is a problem. You gotta figure it out. We gotta
1: figure this out yeah. now, pronto. You know, I think it's really funny we're talking about potty training, because I've used this example over and over again with, with Heart Freedom, because a lot of Christians try to tell us that, well, we don't need to look at the past, you know, we you to leave these things, things were behind and press forward to the high mark, as the Apostle Paul says. And I said, yeah, but this is kind of like potty training. If at some point in your life you didn't figure out how it works in the bathroom, then when you hit 30, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but if you took the time to figure out how to manage that hygiene, that, that proper yeah. hygiene in the bathroom, mm-hmm. you're unconsciously using this the rest of your life. And Heart freedom is a lot like that. Once you learn to manage your heart and how to keep it free and clear from wounds and offenses, and how to keep it open to the voice of love, the voice of heaven. That's something that you just unconsciously use the rest of your life.
0: And I love that, especially now. We have we live in a world I don't know if everyone knows this here in this room, but we live in a very polarized um time. Yeah. 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 A very if you're this then you're this. If you're not with me then you're against me. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah. That yeah. sort that's of thing. So good, yeah. And you're like, "Oh my gosh, like I, I, I'm afraid to come out and tell people what my views are because I'm, I, I'm afraid I'll be outcasted as the black sheep of something or people or group. So I try to stay quiet about those things. But even in this time, you talk about turmoil with one another, like how do we manage uh, each other? You brought up something really great that I love. There's like hearing the voice of the Lord during this time and i I think that's so important now more than ever to really hear the voice of God because we hear so many voices saying one thing we hear our president, we hear our governors, we hear fauci, we hear Twitter, yeah. we hear Facebook, we hear all these things, but like
1: and everybody's is, opinion online
0: oh yeah and yeah. then and then all that on top of that so but are we actually really hearing from the Lord and Sam and I have had uh good discussions about this, and Sam's always been really clear on this. it's like I just really want to love people and love Jesus really well. That's it. Case closed. And right now I feel like it's a really hard time because I think that people are faced with like turmoil inside.
1: Fear drives people to do things. They get into self-protective mode. They get into, um, their protectors come up. When, (laughs) When we're bound up in fear, our protectors come up. For some people, that's complete isolation. Don't talk to anybody. Don't come out of the house. Don't. That's what fear does. Other people, it's like, who do I fight if I'm if I feel threatened? <laughs> if I feel fear, it's like, where's where's the battle? I need to go mm-hmm. fight something. I need to shut something down to feel like I'm safe somehow. Yeah. And the heart is really, um, it's tricky. You know, <laughs> Jesus said in Luke six, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So the things that are rolling around in our heart will will eventually come out of our mouth. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I've had things come out of my mouth I didn't know I felt until i hit that moment of tension or stress and then things came out of me i was like i don't know where that came from yeah. story so of my life there are things <laughs> that your heart believes that your conscious mind has not yet acknowledged yeah things that you picked up way back during childhood yep. you know somewhere in your formative years you've you formed an opinion or a view or a belief about something and that's down there so when jesus said Out of the good treasure of his heart, a good man brings forth good things, and out of the evil treasure of his heart, an evil man brings forth evil things, I just thought, oh, there's good people and evil people. But when you look at that word treasure, that literally means deposit. Mm -hmm. In other words, the things that have been deposited into our hearts over our life's experience are either good or evil. They're they're negative or positive. And if I have more negative things, evil things that have been deposited in my heart, what's going to come out of me are those things that I've experienced and that I've reacted to or that I've taken hold of. And that's why Proverbs tells us, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. The heart is something that we need God's help to manage because we don't even understand our own heart. Mm. And so we need the creator, the one who made our hearts. And that's where Jeremiah 17 is so, such a beautiful verse. I don't know if you've heard this. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to even... To give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings i used to hear that verse and be like yes my heart is deceitful and wicked and i would beat myself with that verse like so i could feel better about doing dumb stuff (laughs) but when i actually looked at what god was saying there when you look at those words deceitful literally means crooked or polluted Mm -hmm. your heart is polluted and wicked that word that we translate as wicked means weak sick or frail feeble melancholy A pensive sadness with no obvious cause in other words he's saying you're messed up your heart is sick and it's weak yeah but i'm going to fix it i'm going to heal you i'm going to make an investigation i'm going to intimately know that that word search means to intimately pierce Mm -hmm. like to go into the deepest places so he's telling us in jeremiah what i used to take as a verse of condemnation is really a beautiful promise i'm going to help you manage your heart yeah. I'm going to help you draw out the deepest things that are driving what you don't even know is going on yeah. and help you to come to a solid foundation.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. It is interesting when things come out of your mouth and you're like, wow,
1: right?" that's oh. how
2: I feel. And I think sometimes people want to, they, they'll say it, they'll come out and then they'll go, well, you know what? No. And, and they hear it. So they don't want to believe that that's real. So they start to contradict themselves, and they start to try and walk back what they said in some ways. Right. And I'm like, you know, it's okay for us to move past it, either for you to ask for forgiveness or for you to even change your mind. Like, oh, that's how I feel. I want to change that. Yeah. But it isn't good to deny that that was a reality. Exactly. Uh, that doesn't help in any kind of growth or transformation. So from that moment of recognizing, like, hey, man, I just... Said something or did something, and that is not something I want to be, think, or feel. Right. What do you think some beautiful, really simple next steps would be for them to repair that?
1: When, when something comes out of me, like um, Chris Vallotton says this all the time, he says, Sometimes it's easier to lead an unsafe person to freedom than a safe person because an unsafe person will be honest and say, I freaking hate them, I wish they'd died, kill them if I wouldn't go to jail. Yeah. And a safe person says, Oh no, brother. I don't hate anybody. Yeah. But there's maybe resentment and there may yeah. be hostility they that they've shoved maybe. way down deep yeah. inside there as a survival mechanism. So, mm-hmm. when the confession of the truth comes, when what's in my heart I can be honest about, even though I hate that I feel that way or I hate that my heart believes those things, once I bring it out and look at it, I can say, God, I don't want this. Could you please forgive me and cleanse me of this? Mm-hmm. And in forgiveness, this is a huge, huge tool. When someone has wronged us through the course of our life and we go to forgive them, we have to express what's in our heart about that relationship. I can't forgive you until I pull out everything this relationship has cost me Mm -hmm. and been honest about it. Mm -hmm. So confession is the way to freedom. The problem is sometimes we confess the things that are in our heart, Mm -hmm. we don't like it, it's ugly. I remember the first person I walked through heart freedom with that I had to forgive and I was ashamed at what was in my heart. I wasn't aware of what was in my heart the hatred the resentment just the ugliness that was in there but once i verbalized it and they weren't in the room they they never knew this happened this person i forgave mm-hmm. but me and a trusted partner the one that was shepherding my heart through this gave me permission to vent all that pain and the ugliness and then i forgave them and i repented for my part and it was gone never to return yeah so when we can we can be honest with what's in our heart and not try to deny it or push it back down because all we're doing is you know shoving things back down to that dark place where they percolate and grow. And that's where root of bitterness grows up and many are defiled by that when we can be honest and transparent. And that's why it's important to have people in our lives that we can go to. My wife and I do this for each other quite a bit. We'll vent a frustration. We have a new offense that's come up. And once we've vented with one another, we're able to forgive, to release and let it go. So we're not sitting around slandering or talking bad about people. We're actually emptying our heart of the poison. Mm -hmm. so that we can turn and give grace and peace and blessing on those people that we were just a few moments ago having conflict with.
2: Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And there's that difference, right, of venting to express and process so you can get to a place of healing and restoration versus venting to damage, destroy, or reinforce this is wrong, this is how I think, this is how I feel, and I'm justified in it. Destroy, tear down, exactly. And those justifications versus reconciliation. Absolutely. Communicating so that you can move past that
1: place. So, in this current position that we're in, and this is something that's come up in my heart in the past. Like in the past, I have had to forgive governmental power who has control and authority over my life, and I don't really have a say. You know, they pass a law, I only got one vote. You know, things happen that I'm out of control. And those are things that I carried resentment in my heart. And I, I had to forgive government yeah. in this situation. I found myself in the last two and a half months being shut up at home. My business is shut down. Yeah. You know, we're not able to, you know, earn a living like normal. Mm-hmm. I had to revisit that place because I had this resentment of my life is being controlled by powers that are beyond my reach. Yeah. And I had to go back to that place of, I choose to forgive the government that's keeping me in this place. Even though I still disagree with the choices they're making, I can't hold that resentment in that. I can't hold it in. I can't yeah. carry it or it'll grow and I'll be defiled. Mm-hmm. Like My heart will be damaged as a result of it. So I yeah. have to release it. And, and forgiving and releasing doesn't mean you're coming into agreement mm-hmm. with those that you felt wronged by. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm extending grace. Just as I want grace from God when I didn't deserve it, I'm going to choose to extend grace and I'm going to release this offense so that I don't have to carry it.
0: And I think the, the grace part is really important. When you were talking about, there's so many things that people, when they speak and they say something, you know, that's years of maybe rejection, resentment, yes. brokenness, bitterness, whatever that they've experienced in their life. And it's coming to fruition when they're speaking from their heart out of the yeah. mind, you know, the mouth speaks to the heart, whatever. So (laughs) how much does grace, how much, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, know, all right. But how much does- Bible yada yada yada. But how how much does uh, practicing grace for yourself uh, play a role in having grace for others? Because I know- It's huge. I'm the kind of person, my, my wife, I've talked about this before on the show, my wife is someone who sees the best in everyone. Yeah. No matter what.
2: Yeah no matter what. She's a good Christian.
0: She's a, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, probably better than I am. And probably, yeah. Okay. She is, <laughs> she sees the best in everyone. I'll be watching something and I'll go, man, this like someone has clearly done something wrong. Yeah. Like they're guilty. Like, yeah. well, we love watching murder shows or crime shows or yeah. whatever. And she'll go, I just feel, I feel so bad for them. Yeah. I'll go, what? The murderer? This guy's a monster. Yeah. He kept she dogs has, in she his has basement. Empathy. And yeah. she goes, yeah. but think about all the things that he went through. Wow. Right? And I'm like, look at that. And You're I'm ruining like, the show. Yeah. And I go, doesn't... and I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But there's times yes. where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I wish I had more of that. And yes. I think yeah. that came from a place with her uh, where she found grace in herself. Yeah. We celebrated our five-year anniversary recently. Wow, and I talked congratulations. about it in a couple. Yeah, thanks. I did it. Yeah, good job, man. Um, Five years. You can coast
1: now. You've hit that. Yeah, yeah, peak yeah, peak yeah, peak. Yeah, yeah, For peak. sure.
0: <laughs> um, and as we were, as we were, you know, going over things, like she began to talk to me about how she's like released everything that's happened from her past marriage and past relationships. Yeah. To be totally free she says she's never felt more free yes more wonderful and she's had all this you know she's had more grace on herself than ever before and so cool i was even saying like even a couple of weeks ago like we found a new lease on our marriage like we yeah and even with each other and i thought man grace has such a big part to play yes in all of this and i think that we don't have a culture of grace right now yeah in our american society i think in the christian world we do but i don't think we do Overall, as Americans, we find hard, We want we want justice, yeah. and we want it swift and harsh. And yeah. if it's not as harsh as what I think it should be, then you're not doing enough. Or you know, we see all these things, but I'm like, man, like, where's the grace in all of this? Right. When do we start forgiveness? When do we start grace? When do we start happening and changing the culture around us?
1: Yeah, there's yeah. two things about um, what you're sharing that jumped out at me. One is sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves because we're, we're our harshest critic. We know our deepest mistake. We know about the stuff, we blew it where nobody else knows about. Yeah. And it's hard to walk in forgiveness for that. When Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, if, if you carry a, a hatred or resentment of your own bad choices or who mm-hmm. you are or whatever it is, you're gonna have trouble loving others freely and clearly. Mm-hmm. So that's important to recognize that we need to, if we're getting grace from God, we need to turn around and accept it and release that grace in our lives that He yeah. has provided for us. And that means, you know, if that means I live a different life now because I understand this weight of grace that God has released over me, that I'm free to live in love now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to live like I used to live. But secondly, when we walk through forgiveness with another, what happens is they're not the monster anymore. Like this became clear to me when I. Um, the people that abused and molested me when I was a child. When I walk through forgiveness for those people, I haven't seen them in decades. I don't know where they where they are. I don't know in the world. I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. But I always had this picture in my mind of what sort of person they were. Who right. does that to a child? Right. When I walk through forgiveness for them, what happens after forgiveness is we turn and re- pray blessing and grace over them. Mm. What happens in that prayer of blessing and grace is I begin to capture the Father's heart for that person who was my. Abuser. Yeah, tormentor, my abuser. I start to see them as a child of God. I see the little boy, I see the little girl in them that God created. This isn't who God designed them to be. So you can think about the worst person in the world. They were created in the image of God and God had a design and destiny for them that has been corrupted and polluted by sin and by the enemy. So the thing that they're in cooperation with that makes them do these horrible, horrible things, they are horrible things. They're sinful, they're evil, they're, they're awful but that person was created in God's image. And so when we start to look at people as irredeemable, like as though they're not created in the image of God, that's where we keep hatred and resentment in our heart, we keep judgment in our heart towards them. But when we look through the eyes of forgiveness, even though they don't deserve it, just as none of us deserve God's forgiveness, we start to see that person, we see the little boy, we see the little girl. They weren't always this way, they weren't born this way. This happened as a result of, where their lives ended up, the choices they made, the things that happened in their life, the effects sin had in them. Yeah. So the enemy actually is sin, mm-hmm. not that person. Yeah. So it's it's difficult sometimes, and it's personal for me because I've walked through this with my individual yeah. abusers. But when you look as a whole in the world, there are people that we look at as categories of, well, those people, it's okay, everybody hates those people, it's okay. And it's like, well, <laughs> does God hate those people? Or does yeah. god see the tragedy of what was robbed of them when they became so identified with the sin that's in their heart mm-hmm. that they're not free from yet what if they became free from could we forgive them uh-huh. i don't know that that's a tough question each person has to answer in their own heart
2: yeah uh, i preached on luke 6 recently on camera uh, because that's a thing we do in person <laughs> and on camera now and so that's the thing um but i, I preached on luke 6 uh 2021 20, right through there where it talks about loving your enemies uh, right. blessing those who curse you and it goes down this really long long list
1: and nobody wants to hear that
2: nope nope and even when i I talk about it you feel the pins and needles of people pushing back yeah. and it's a really interesting thing to talk about especially on a, in a in a monologue way because preaching is a monologue it's I talk, everyone listens for a certain period of time. Exactly. Imagine that. But you know what? I object. (laughs) It all to (laughs) be candid, I actually think um, rebuttals are helpful to having everyone because people have rebuttals and if it's not answered in the monologue, they they just they stop all the rest after that rebuttal is just muted. Right. So if I'm talking and I'm like, you need to love your enemies, and they're like, not really. They got a rebuttal. I don't want to. Yeah. If they have a rebuttal and I don't, and like I don't substantially um, answer that doubt or that resistance, if I don't yeah. substantially get it done, then they... Everything else is muted. Yep. Everything else is done. I must respond to the critic in their hearts yeah. and meet with him and just know i have got to map it out beforehand so actually when somebody raises their hand and goes are you do you really mean turn the other cheek that's like kind of like a goal right but no one really expects us to get there right and then when they say that that's just like such a beautiful moment to go well let's talk about it why don't you think you can turn the other cheek and that conversation has treasure in it yeah but all of those things unpacked and 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 Really, truly learning to love your abuser or see him the way God sees him—it's one sentence, but it's I, like how long was it for you? A year, two years of process, six months, three yeah. months. I, you know, I don't know once you started, but how long you carried it before you started that right healing process? Right. It's a long journey. That one sentence.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, and suddenly, it's take years to develop. Yeah. You know,
2: Love your enemies. Bless those and who curse you. <laughs> the,
1: the, the thing is, my ha- heart carried so much more of this that my head was not aware of. And, you know, my wife would ask me, you know, you seem angry. I'm not angry. Like she'd ask me four times after I got home from work, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I, I, you seem irritated. I'm not irritated. Well, the fourth time she asked me, now I'm irritated. Yeah. No, I came home carrying something that she was sensing yeah. that I wasn't aware of logically. But in my heart, I was carrying this heaviness. Uh-huh. When God began to break that open, the things that came out were actually shocking to me. Wow. My wife was not shocked. <laughs> She's like, I knew. Yeah, I knew there was a problem. That, was, <laughs> yeah, that kid was messed up from the beginning. <laughs> but but she, she was actually encouraged that, oh, okay, I I uh, was feeling something, now we're addressing I'm it. I'm not crazy. Yes. Yeah. That, so it was a revelation for her, like, oh, good. For me, I was like, what is happening? Like, Where is this coming from and what is happening? <laughs> But as I began to to sift through where God was leading me through, it felt like being completely unraveled and put together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you know, what was being stripped off of me was that heaviness, that pain, that that the dysfunction, and what He was clothing me in was the righteousness. Because we don't realize until we make room yeah. for Him, we don't experience the fullness of Him. And I feel like the rest of our lives is that process of exchanging what used to be in here. Let's empty that out and make more room and more room and more room in our lives and our hearts.
2: You know what it reminds me of is when you would have or when I'd have like these either small groups or these speaking moments where you're asking questions like, how many of you struggle with guilt? Or how many of you struggle with thoughts, lustful thoughts? Um, Or how many of you hate yourself? Depending on the question you ask, sometimes people are like. No. Uh, Or how many of you struggle with fear? I don't have fear.
1: Yeah. I thought that my whole life.
2: Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, that's interesting. And almost immediately, I, I know, like, they have a box in their room, in their house, that they put beautiful wrapping paper around, bows on, or that they put cool stickers on, and it's so dope. And then if you just take a little bit of time, open up a flap, open up the other flap, and then voila the stench, yep. and all of the things that they took, put in a box, put in a closet, put in a... Yeah. Are, all of a sudden you open
0: them up and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of everything. Yes. I hate everyone. It's actually ironic. Hey, how many of you have fear here? Not me. At least I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not gonna raise my hand anyway. I don't want anyone to know.
2: No, it's too true. Scared. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you struggle with fear, come on forward. <laughs> uh, uh, no. I'm scared too. <laughs> I'm scared too.
1: Exactly. The things that are hidden in our heart, and I think that's why the beautiful promise of Jeremiah 17 is... God promises he is going to search it out. Yeah. And really that's the fulfillment in, in Proverbs 130, or Psalm 139 when David says, Search my heart, O God, and know my anxieties. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Again, that word wicked, we translate it as wicked. and I always thought of sinful. See if there's any sin in me. Actually, it means pa- place of pain or sorrow. Yeah. See if there's any sorrow in here that I don't know about. See if there's any painful place that I'm unaware of. And then lead me in the way of life, basically is what David is asking. And God's right. promised to do that for us if we'll let him. I can remember times in my life where God would start to put his hand on something, like just in my thoughts. My thoughts are wandering and I yeah. start to come to somewhere sensitive and I could feel God putting his hands on something. I'd be like, yeah, no, let's, let's think about something else. Oh, I, I, I have so much to do right now. I'm so busy. Don't have time to dwell on that. Let's yeah. move on. And there are so many times I think God was trying to nudge me into freedom and healing Mm. that I was too afraid to allow him to have his full way, even though I'm singing, have thine own way, Lord, or I surrender all. And I thought that was the posture of my heart. There were still these protected places in me that I didn't realize until, you know, I have a saying, and I hope this isn't over the, the rating of the show, but when your crap cup gets full and starts to overflow, Mm-hmm. That's when you start to realize your true condition. And a lot of times people hit that midlife area. Yeah. We call it a midlife crisis. Your cup is full yeah, and it's starting to overflow and God's like, okay, maybe now we can get to work. Yeah. We definitely don't say cup on this show. Not at all. No. Yeah. Uh, no way. Sorry about that.
2: Cup that's is... <laughs> too much, Tim. Too much. <laughs> I'm gonna have to edit this. <laughs> oh. yeah, so that's gonna take a solid 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, there, is there any last piece of advice? Because I know that a lot of people have, especially in a quarantine time, yeah. faced a lot of
1: heart anxieties, heart realized situations, realizing what's been in their heart. It, it really, it really comes down to a commitment to remain in peace. Yeah. It, when I start to feel anxiety, fear, anger, resentment, all these things that I've, you know, allowed God to clear my heart from, mm-hmm. when those things start to push back in, I have to make a conscious choice to bring my heart back to peace yeah means sometimes i have to minister to my own heart i have to walk myself through a reminder of i serve a good father the, the heart of heaven is for me like i whatever it is that i need to do to, to bring myself back to an awareness of the healing the forgiveness the grace the strength the protection whatever god has put into my life that's that sometimes feels like work mm-hmm. it's really important for me to stay focused on those things because if i stay yeah. focused on the negatives that are pushing in you know, I can go off the edge in thirty seconds. Yeah. Like, we're all gonna die, we're bankrupt, we're you know, it's over. Yeah. But when I focus on the goodness of the God that I'm in relationship with, my daddy's heart, yeah, that can keep me in peace. And I rest in that.
0: Well done. Well done. I think we end there, buddy. I think so. Tim, thanks for being on with us, man. My pleasure. This is I think your third or having... fourth time having us on. It's just, oh, we should get you your own seat in here now, pal. <laughs> anyway. Sam, thanks for being here, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for being here, Don. Yeah. <coughs> stay safe out there, guys. I'll edit that out. Uh, stay safe out there, guys. Hope you're doing well. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. We want to hear your feedback. Yeah. And uh, for the love of God, send me an email uh, with some questions. <laughs> I put it out there all the time, man. I want We want questions. We want to hear back from you guys. I tell you what, man, we want to hear from you guys. We want to get down. We want to get dirty okay maybe not dirty but we want to get down alright anyway thanks for joining John Green for, yeah man I tell you what I gotta get out of here man I can see you thanks John um, we'll, we'll talk to you guys uh, next yep. time Sam absolutely alright see you guys